guys. Welcome back to Couple Goals with us and I'm. Hello. Hi. How are you? I am doing well. Are How you? are you? Yeah. I'm doing a lot better. My, my foot's healing up. It still hurts, but it, it's a lot better. You know how I know it hurts? Because every know? single time you stand up, you tell me it hurts. <laughs> but it's more out of shock, though. I'm always, because it doesn't hurt when I'm sitting down and then I stand on it and I'm always like, oh, my foot hurts. I forget that my foot hurts because it's not. I don't. It's not a I don't forget. Pain. Uh, I don't forget. It's, it's all. It's 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 always shocking to me though that that it still hurts because it's been so long. Yeah. I injured it on April 11th. It's been almost a month. No. That's weird. I've never had an injury like that where it that hurts like that. And then I hear like tendons popping or something when I when I try to walk normally. It's it's, it's uncomfortable. It's not ideal. Yeah, that's how injuries usually it's are. It's not ideal. <laughs> injuries normally aren't ideal, nor are they comfortable. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, do you have a news story? No. No. Was right. I supposed to? We do what we want. So sometimes I have a news story. Sometimes I don't. I kind of no. have a news story. But first, I just whenever wanna... I have a news story. Oh, you know what? I have an update. Yeah. To a news story. What's that? That kid. Who was charged with saving? Oh yeah, that kid who got that little five-year-old who was getting raped. Yeah, the twenty-year-old who beat up the seventeen-year-old who was raping the five-year-old. Yeah, and then got charged for it, and he killed himself. Now, do we know he killed himself? No, he he was found dead from a an overdose, a suspected overdose. Um, that's so, the last I read is that it was suspected, but it hadn't been confirmed. And then I, right. I haven't updated since then, but it's still so sad. It's a suspected overdose. And you don't know. We don't know if it was intentional or not. No. Yeah. So that was my update. That'd be a lot to deal with. To deal with the process, seeing that, walking in on that. Right. Then, you know, having. Doing a, the right thing, having, in my opinion. Basically like an unconscious reaction almost, you know. Right. Where a you gut just, reaction of just being like, stop it. Stop it now. being told you're in trouble for it and is then a mind fuck. And then if you're in our Facebook group, you saw that I put the article. I put the live, the Facebook live of the. The, hearing, the trial, yeah. yeah, or the hearing. Yeah, I guess it was a hearing um, where she was like, you can go and do a version where you just have to pay court costs and do time or whatever to go to this class yeah. and like do all this aversion stuff and then we'll drop it from your record. And then As if he, he was some sort of violent offender. Right. <laughs> and then he still has to pay. Now, granted, they started to go fund me that raised a ton of money for him. Yeah. So that way he wouldn't have to pay the court and costs now himself. His, now it's going to his funeral costs, I'm sure. Now I'm sure it's going to funeral costs. But yeah. Yeah. That would be a total mind fuck, though. Like I said, first of all, living with that image in your mind and then being in trouble for it. That's the mind blowing part to me. That, mm-hmm. that so there's I, my I update. Can't get over. All right. Well, I have lighter, lighter news. Uh, we, we've touched on we've talked a little bit about Avengers Endgame, I think. I mean, we did a two and a half hour live stream. <laughs> That's one way That's, that we talked about yeah, it. Yeah, we did talk about it. We didn't talk about it on the podcast, but, but we did a, talk about a it. A few people have asked me, so maybe you can answer this question. How did I convince you to go see Endgame since you were so adamant about not people seeing People have it? asked me on my Facebook Because I, well, I don't really have the I answer. I have ignored them. <laughs> so... 
What is the answer? How did I do that? I don't honestly know. You bought the tickets and I was like, okay, fine. <laughs> That's it. That's what I thought. I was like, well, yeah. I bought the ticket. You, uh, here's what I think. Here's you my theory. bought the cheapest ticket possible. Yeah, that's why we did showing. Saturday morning. It was like a $6 showing. And my, my theory is that there was a part of you that always wanted to see how this turns out. It, it, for the most part. However, I also know you and I know that you sat through season three of Twin Peaks, watched every episode except the the finale, which blows my mind. I don't know how you did that. Why you because did that. Because I, I can turn stuff off pretty quick. Like, I, that's just how I am. Like, I could probably never watch Game of Thrones again. And I'll be okay. Really? Yeah. I'm not. I like to see how things end. I'm I'm pretty good at just, like, because I'm pretty satisfied with where things are right now with Game of Thrones. Yeah. So I could I could just turn, like. So that's how I feel. I've been watching that show Barry on HBO with, with Bill Hader. You know, I love Bill Hader. Yeah. And I... I, they're on season two, but I started season one a long time ago and then I, I got like four episodes in and just stopped watching it for whatever reason. Got distracted, started watching something else. I don't really know. And but I'm finally to the last episode of season one and it reached a point of uh, resolution with certain plot lines and then it kind of faded to black. And then I saw there was about 10 to 15 minutes left and it looks like Barry's in a good place. And it, it, some of the I'd, I'd say it's more comedic, but the, the show a little bit, it reminds me of Breaking Bad in that there's always some new drama. You know, the, the other shoe is always about to drop. Yeah. And that's kind of how the end of this season one episode is going. And I just turned it off. I was like, I, I, I like where Barry is. I don't want I don't want drama in Barry's life. Everything seems to be going right. so well. You're like, no, we're good. And I'll, good I will place. finish it, though. I just wasn't I was just like, ah. I couldn't do it at that time, but I don't want to get back into it because it is, it's a really good show. And Bill Hader's great. The whole cast is really good. You Henry just like Bill Hader too much. I, yeah, I do. You're like, I no, Bill I Hader. just want what's best for Bill. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm good. Bill Hader is Barry. And it's, yeah, I just want things to work out for him. And it doesn't look that way. Well, anyway, so my news is, all right, so we're recording this on Sunday the 5th. One month till my birthday. I got to give it a shout out to to Bubba. It's his birthday. Oh, it's, that, even it's though he Bub's birthday. <laughs> he, he, doesn't, he doesn't listen, but happy birthday, Bob. He Maybe. listened to like the second episode. He listened to like the first two episodes. Yeah. And the Star Wars one, the episode seven. Yeah. Because I told, I reached out and told him he needed to listen to it. But, but anyway, longtime friend. I, I could tell because he referenced an episode yesterday. Yeah. That's how I know when he when yeah, he's he, listened. He really liked that. and That made me happy. So anyway, the, this update, though, is just about Avengers Endgame box office. I'm sure a lot of people already know it's broke a whole bunch of opening records. It's the highest grossing weekend of all time. It's broken a whole bunch of domestic records, overseas records, worldwide records. And now the latest as of right now on May the 5th here is that it has passed Titanic. It is now the number two highest grossing movie. That's in a week. Yeah, it's in a gonna, week, it's going to pass Avatar. You think it thinks really the thing with these movies is and I was looking at, at at Avatar. That movie had a big opening, but not no anywhere near as big as Star Wars or anything. It had like a 70 some million dollar opening. But what it did is it played forever and it, it weekend to weekend. 
it dropped very little percentage wise. Whereas oh. these movies are very front loaded. Obviously, you know, 357 million opening weekend. Right. Most people have seen it. Right. A lot of people have seen it. That's yeah. But a lot of people see it multiple times. And that well, that's true, too. You know, I, I fit in that category and a lot of people do as well. So it's. I don't. I, it definitely has the potential to pass Avatar, and I hope it does. Avatar is not a good movie. Well, I was I was talking to Logan about it the other day because he doesn't understand it why it did so well, and th- this is the only thing I can think of is in re- remembering the only reason we saw Avatar is because everybody was going to see Avatar. I had no desire to see it, and I love James Cameron as a director, but when I would see the trailers, I'm like, I don't like any any. There's nothing appealing to me here. Yeah, a, as a movie and. Oh, eventually it was just like, well, I guess we got to what we kept hearing is the 3D is amazing. And the technology for 3D, like when we were growing up, was the red and blue cardboard glasses. Right. Right. So you had a, that red and blue tint, tint to, to everything. everything. So this was the new polarized lenses. So I really think that was the main draw was the new technology. People going God, to see a 3D it movie. Such a fucking garbage movie. <laughs> and it really was. It's just like it's very mediocre. I don't think it's like terrible, but it's it's not it's good though not, either. The movie itself, like the plot of the movie, is not good. Well, it's just your bog standard uh, little guy against a corporation thing. It's not good. And then I don't like the design of the the blue people, the Navi. To me, I'd like giant, tall, blue cat people. I don't know how that's appealing, but apparently some people really like that design. I, I didn't like it. Uh, but yeah, I think people just went and saw it because it was a word of mouth thing. God, see, people were impressed with 3D. We were not. We can't. I remember we came remember, out of theater. I'm not going to name who, but you remember when someone gave our kids Avatar backpacks as a gift? Yeah, I don't remember who that was. But yeah. I do. I remember <laughs> who it was. And it was like they genuinely liked the movie and they're yeah. like... We got your kids Avatar backpacks. And it's like not somebody who gives our kids gifts in general. Like it was a real like out of left field gift. Gotcha. And they were like, here you go. And I was like, thanks for this shit ass movie. (laughs) But I think that's the difference. I appreciate that you thought of us. But like. (laughs) Is you had people who were impressed with this technology or something. But I I really don't think they have like three Avatar sequels lined up. And I. I would be amazed if the second one came anywhere near the box office of the original. Because I don't feel like there's an them audience. all at the same time? I don't know. I think they're because shooting like two or three simultaneously, maybe. You, you got to shut it down, man. Nobody's going to want that. I think they, I feel like they misinterpreted that money. And people were there because, literally because of the special effects and the 3D. But there is no, there's no fandom for Avatar that I'm aware of as a nerd. You know, when you look out on the landscape and there's fandoms for so Have many seen smaller things. <laughs> yeah, it was great from Parks and Rec, Andy Samberg. Yeah. Uh, there's so many different fandoms, you know, for smaller, you know, you have, uh, you know, like anime, Dragon Ball Z, right? Has a fa- It's had a fandom for 20 years, right? You used to be a huge fan. <laughs> when I met you, you were all about the Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> She's just staring at me now. What? <laughs> Why did I think that? <laughs> Why is that a joke? Because I like I watched it sometimes. Yeah, there you go. So you're a Dragon Ball Z fan. Yeah. I watched it sometimes, and apparently I'm the only person you ever met that watched it sometimes because you clung on to that. Like it was like I was the number one fan. You liked Sailor Moon, too, right? Yeah, I did like Sailor Moon. So. That that would have been appropriate. If you had said that, I would have been like, well, yeah. yeah. Well, again, Sailor Moon, I see cosplay of Sailor Moon. I don't I see. Watched, I watched Sailor Moon. Like that, I don't see Avatar cosplay. If you, if you had 
clung to that as by as being like the anime that I watched. Well, it's I would have believed then, it because you like Sailor Moon, whereas Dragon Ball Z was just kind of more of a like uh, I watched it sometimes. Yeah, and so it's funnier to say you're a Dragon not, Ball Z fan. And and I like to come to you with my Dragon Ball Z questions. You do. <laughs> that you have no idea. He comes to me and he'll be like, "Oh, Goku's blah 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 blah, blah Piccolo," and I'm like, <laughs> "What are you, you talking just about?" Off the names, like you're just. You're like a walking encyclopedia, Dragon Ball. I named two things that I kind of remembered. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, so, yeah. I, I, anyway, this movie is hurtling towards in a week. If in a week it can take number two worldwide, it obviously has a shot at taking down Avatar. But the, the drop off from like last week's box office to this week's is like 60, 70 percent, though. You know, it's huge drop off. Well, I mean, who who can't take down Titanic? Titanic's garbage. I can't believe something had. Well, there's another thing, before. though. James Cameron. I, I only went to see it because, uh, again, everybody was going to see it. And I wanted to see it. And I just I liked like the last hour with the ship going down. And I think that's why everybody went to see it, because the rest of the movie is pretty crap. Oh, you get to see Kate Winslet naked. That's good. I mean, that's. That's exciting. You do stuff. like you do like seeing famous people naked. Yes. That's one of your favorite and, things. And to she's do. hot too. Bub went and saw it like seven times. He had the movie tickets. I saw it one time and I was Same. I've seen it one time in my life. Same. And I was like, no thanks. We put Steve had it on DVD, and the only other time I remember watching it, and this is this is the dumb stuff you do when you're you're like college age and living with roommates, is it was the movie was on HBO. And we wanted to see, <laughs> this sounds like some stoner shit. We wanted to see if we could sync up the DVD's audio with the picture from the HBO feed. That And then that's that was it. And then we did that successfully. And that was the only other experience I have with Titanic. That was Why? the theater. I, I don't know. <laughs> it's like that's how we amused ourselves that afternoon. We just wanted to see if we could align... <laughs> <laughs> we used so to stupid. when we were when we were young and in school we used to try and sync up like press play at the same time yeah. and watch it on the phone together yes steve and i did it with hudson hawk but we didn't do any of that bullshit nonsense that you're doing <laughs> like who cares yeah, I, I, i'm not saying it was a good use of our time it was entertaining we, we achieved i don't it. think it was and then we watched it for probably 10 minutes and then did something else i don't think it was entertaining though it was for us man we accomplished it we, we did it oh he's simo no we did it. yeah dumb dumbo yeah that that's fair dumbo that's fair. you you dumbo you didn't i don't i don't know the word for dumb in spanish <laughs> dumbo. <laughs> dumbo dumbo it's dumbo oh <laughs> that new dumbo man bum me out like Jesus. So Christ. the the spoiler ban is lifted on Endgame as of right. Whoever's listening to this will be hearing this. At the, the Russo brothers have declared that spoiler ban is over on May sixth. So we might get into spoilers later for Endgame. I'm not sure. We'll announce it if we do. Yeah, we'll let you know. It's not. You're not going to be like, oh, that would have been a nice, nice to know. So let's get some housekeeping out of the way. Housekeeping. I always want to say house cleaning. And that's you always right. you always do want to say that, but that's uh, not yeah. a, that's not. Uh. Uh-uh. Not right. Mm-mm, no. So let let everybody know where you can where you can find us and, and housekeeping us. is your bit. Is it? Yeah. I feel like I'm really bad at it. Cause I don't you remember are really URLs bad at it. or anything. Yeah. But we we have a Patreon, which is number one because you can you know if you love the show you can actually help support the show. Yeah, that'd be good. And I wish I could do a Sally Struthers impersonation. And Try. For as little as $1 a month, you can help 
the Isleys. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get pictures. We need to get our logo, but then put like flies on our eyelids or something. <laughs> that was always that's my takeaway from those commercials. Don't you remember? There's always like flies on these kids' eyeballs, and they didn't even bat, bat them away. And then like their big basketball bellies and stuff. Oh my god! And I, I was a kid watching these commercials, and I was always like. What is happening? Yeah. Well, imagine what, how confused I am considering you didn't have TV. So how were you watching these commercials? TV. I had TV. And then it was the great TV removal of 1980. Whatever. Six. And so I did have TV. And then I still watch TV other places. And those Sally Struthers you commercials You other people's were... houses and you were like, quick, turn on Sally Struthers. <laughs> no, I got to no. see this flies yeah, on the eyeballs. That was a byproduct of watching TV was seeing... The children with flies on their eyeballs. Oh, was always, and then you got older and they were like, oh, is that fucking Sarah McLaughlin and her sad well, then, dogs. Yeah, then it was like the dogs wrapped up like, yeah, like, like a mummy. <laughs> like fucking these wrapped up dogs. And like the last owner's not a nice person to quote Bill Burr. Yeah. Oh, man. So anyway, but we're on. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. I, don't follow us on Facebook unless you're going to you join can follow the group. us on Facebook. There's nothing. I, I put announcements there. It's a fine place to follow because some people in our age group aren't really on Instagram, I've noticed. But every, almost everybody's on Facebook. Uh, Jesus Christ, if you're not on Instagram. Instagram, YouTube, we do put up video content occasionally. Well, what's cool fun. about YouTube is that we have a feed from our from our um, host and it automatically throws every podcast up there. So I was going to talk to you about that. I kind of want to get rid of that. I feel like it just never mind. Clogs don't, up our channel. With don't because we don't get listens there. So what if I feel like if we eliminate that. So we're going to get rid of that. I'd rather just have the out. video content. So if somebody does stumble upon our page, they don't just see a bunch of podcasts. They actually see the video content. To never mind. Through. We're going to get rid of that. So yeah. so <laughs> just a little, kidding. A little bit of a little production meeting right here on the air. Just kidding. <laughs> Well, yeah. the thing is, we can't have production meetings off the air because neither of us remember any of the things we want to talk about. So we have to do it. We have to do it on the air. Yeah, look for us. Couple goals, couple goals podcast. Uh, couple goals pod, some places. Couple goals podcast at gmail.com if you need to send us a message directly for some reason. I don't know why. You can just go and find me, MaggieIsley.com, and then reach out to me directly if you need something and you can't find us anywhere what else. What would they need from you? My services. Do you need my services? Oh, okay. We're doing a plug. Okay, I didn't know that. This show is brought to you by Maggie at MaggieIsley.com. Tell them about your services. Go to my website and read about them. Oh, man, that's the worst commercial ever. <laughs> You're a terrible sponsor. We're never going to get sponsors if you can't even plug your own service. What do you do? I work with purpose-driven entrepreneurs to help them get more customers sliding into their DMs and walking through their doors. And how do you do that? What are some of the... I arm them with the tools that they need to up their marketing game and help with their design. So basically what I do is I do day rates and strategy sessions as well as design. And you all, I mean, you design websites. You yeah, do, I do, do everything. All kinds of stuff. So depending on what you need depends on what I can do for you. So that's why everything is customized for the client. And including your own website. Yeah. That's all your design. That's all you. You made that. You put it together. Yep. Did so, all the coding and all that. All that stuff. Yeah. So whatever you need. So yeah. Uh, I mean, why not? Why not have you sponsor the show? I mean, I, you have a business. Why not? <laughs> well, considering I technically do sponsor the show. Right. So I mean, why not? Why not plug your there you go. your actual business that you do? But yeah, check out MaggieIsley.com. 
and in, in depth, we'll cover uh, all, all the services she offers. Yep. And if you're local, I also am starting to offer, and you'll see in my offerings coming up, photography services. Yep. You've had some a few sessions. Very uh, happy clients. It was, was happenstance that I even started offering that. I've actually had people approaching me asking for it. So now... Yeah. It's an offering because people are so happy with what I've done that I now have to offer it because I love doing it and people love what I'm doing. So that's when you know you've hit your sweet spot. Yeah. Why not? Yep. So I guess that's housekeeping. All right. So what do you what do you have for us topic wise today? You want me to go first? Yeah. Okay. It's real short. I thought that was. I thought that was obvious. It's real short. (laughs) It's super, super short. Uh, that's fun because it's super short so i was gonna do ted bundy yeah and his 30 plus murders it's a lot of murder and then i was like that's really draining for everybody yeah it's upsetting for me so then i was gonna do the ted bundy tapes yeah the Netflix special. Which is still 30 plus murders. <laughs> this covers kind of covers the same territory is what you're saying. So then I decided instead that I'm going to do Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile. It Which came is... it, it came out on Netflix on May 3rd. And who, who directed that? The same guy who directed. And actually, I was going to go into that, but thank you for... Taking away the few seconds that I do have of content. <laughs> the same guy who directed the Ted Bundy tapes. Oh, really? Yeah. What's that person's name? His name is Joe Berlinger, and he is the same guy who directed Paradise Lost. Lost, the Metallica documentary that's on Netflix, and the Tony Robbins I Am Not Your Guru Netflix special. Oh, so he did a lot of documentary stuff. He's mainly documentary, Yeah. And he did what? Some kind of monster? That Metallica one? Yeah, he did some kind of monster. Ah, that was interesting. So, anyway, so it, kind of, it came out on May 3rd and I watched it the same day. Yeah. Because that's the kind of person I am. It, well, actually, that's not the kind of person I am. I don't watch a ton of Netflix. But I wasn't feeling well, so I watched it the same day. Isn't it nice that you didn't have to go to the... Because you were looking forward to that. and it, Initially, it was going to be a theatrical release. release. It was anticipated to be. And I intended to go see it. Yeah, and then Netflix picked it up because they're so super rich. So it premiered at Sundance Film Festival on January 26th, and that's who picked it up. Yeah. And I was like, this is fantastic news. Perfect. So when it came out on on May 3rd, I was laying in bed hating my life because I didn't feel well. And I was like, look what we have here. Yeah. This is great news. So the film stars Zac Efron, obviously, as Ted Bundy, Lily Collins, who is Phil Collins' daughter, as Elizabeth Kendall, John Malkovich as Edward Cohart, Cohart, which is the presiding judge at Bundy's trial. They only show one trial in the movie. Obviously, there's more than one. And the title of the film is a reference to the judge's remarks at Bundy's murder trial while sentencing him to death. Ah. So that's where the terrible title comes from. Yeah. So I do recommend watching the Ted Bundy tapes first. Yeah. Because the way that this movie 
is shot and they're both they're both directed by Joe Berlinger, which I already talked about. But the way that this movie is done is it's a character piece. Yeah. So <laughs> stop and stare at me. <laughs> so it's based on the book Phantom Prince, My Life with Ted Bundy, written by Elizabeth. Well, Elizabeth Kendall at the time, but she got married, changed her name later. But um, it was written by his former girlfriend. OK. Elizabeth, who we see, Liz. Yeah. And she was a she was in college at the time that we meet her and she was a single mom. And it's authentic and true to the story, according to Berlinger. OK. So there are parts that he kind of gloss oh he glosses over like he condensed it down to one trial because how long would that movie be right. you know what i mean like yeah. you can't show all those trials but he says he's quoted as saying it's not a documentary but the historical beats of ted ted bundy are very accurate in the movie and if you watch the ted bundy tapes first you can tell where you know what i mean like you know you can see how how it's authentic and there were parts where it was clear it was like beat for beat. Yeah. And I could tell like when they had spliced in actual footage. Uh -huh. Like it was it was good. Hmm. So the movie doesn't per, like it doesn't depict any murders at all. OK. Not not one until the final scene. It actually feigns ignorance about his guilt. Oh, really? He denies it. Yeah. And. Liz has her doubts. Wow. The whole time. And he ends up getting married to one of his supporters and fathers a child with her. Jesus. Which is pretty common knowledge if you're in the if you're in that world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it, and obviously his wife really was his supporter. Like she was a huge supporter. She uprooted her life from Florida and moved to be with him for the trial and then got knocked up in the like he had she had paid one of the guards to turn Jesus. a blind eye while they while they had sex. So the intent it was to pre present a human monster, not from hindsight, but from the vantage point vantage point of those just learning what he may have done. Gotcha. So, so from it was, it was kind of set in the perspective of when it happened and. Yes. People absorbing it and not now we're we're everybody's very comfortable saying, yeah, he, he did all that shit. Right. So the pacing does feel weird at certain points. Like there are certain points where you're like, huh? Uh, like it, it's kind of boring. It's only like like 90 minutes or two yeah, hours. Yeah, it's like 90 minutes. OK. And there are points where you're just like, like it kind of drags because they don't have that action of the of any horror. Yeah. So it's kind of it's a character piece. So it gets kind of boring at points, especially if you're watching it to see Ted Bundy. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's really good. It's a different take on the Ted Bundy. James Hetfield, as you know, is in it. He's a cop. That explains why he's in it, though, too. Because yeah, because he's, he's he's in it from with, that. From with yeah. the director. Haley Joel Osment's in it. Oh, Jim yeah. Parsons in it. Okay. It's got a really Jim Malkovich or John Malkovich. I already mentioned he's the judge. Yeah. It's got a really good cast and everyone plays it really well. Like Zach Efron's really he's super creepy because he plays so charming. Yeah. And then finally, at the end, he 
it, this is true to the Ted Bundy story. He finally admits guilt at the end because yeah. he's trying. The way that the Ted Bundy story works is Ted Bundy finally admits guilt at the end because he's trying to buy time. Right. Remember so, you told me about that? Yeah. So All of a sudden he's like, I'll show you where the bodies are. Right. Because he thought he and was going to get. they were like, get, we don't fucking care at this right, point. Because he thought he was going to get extra time. Yeah. Because Ted Bundy, if you don't know, was put to death. That's how that's how his story wraps up. Just a master and manipulator from what I. That's gathered. exactly what he was. And um, he so he was trying to buy time and he was like, I'll, I'll tell you the details and I'll show you, you know, where the bodies are, thinking that he would get more time. But in the way the movie is, he finally tells Liz. That he's that he did it. Not in so many words. Yeah. But he kind of like he creepily admits to Liz like like one minute detail of a crime. Yeah. And that's like the only glimpse you get that he was a murderer. Yeah. In the whole movie. It's almost like an origin story. It but, is. And you but find he, but out. He did it though. Yeah. And then you find out, but it's like no, it's like that other side, right? Yeah. Cuz you only ever see the confession and this is the based on the book from the woman who he lived with and he was engaged to. Until and you find out like who put his name on the list, like you find out all the back story. It sounds pretty interesting. It it is. It's good. It's like it's like the other side. Yeah. And it's. I mean, I give it a solid like seven or eight out of ten. Like it's yeah. a, it's good as far as as far as that goes. But it's just not. The pacing does get weird. There are parts where you're just like, all right, I guess I'll go get something to drink. I guess kind of makes sense too, coming from a documentary filmmaker though. Yeah. You know, who's not used to doing the more cinematic or. Yeah, he just he's not quite there let, when it comes to. He lets the material just kind of sit, I guess. He doesn't. Right. Being a documentary filmmaker, he's not great at movie movies. Yeah. But it's still really good. And I, I do recommend it if you're familiar with. And it's on Netflix. So. It's on Netflix. And it's the same place as where the Ted Bundy tapes are. So you can watch the Ted Bundy tapes and then watch this. And then you'll understand or the other way around. No, no, don't go the other way. You won't understand it. Oh, OK. Don't watch. So they go hand in hand. Then. You want to watch the Ted Bundy tapes first. And the Ted Bundy tapes are four episodes. Yeah. So like those it's like hour long episodes. I think it's all I think it's I think it's an hour, hour and hour and 15, maybe. Oh, no, thanks. They're they're long and they're kind of they're kind of grisly and they're really off putting because he was so fucking cocky. Yeah. And but it does it. I mean, it depicts his escape from from prison and the amount of freedom that they gave. And it's funny because Mason watched some of the Ted Bundy tape with me, the confessions. Yeah. So he walked in right when they were showing his escape because he did escape. And that's when he went down to Florida and he killed all those people in Florida yeah. when he did the sorority murders. And which they didn't show sorority murders or anything like that. And he, um, Mason comes in and he's like, is this when he's going to jump out of the window and escape? And because, you know, he, he saw the confession tapes. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, actually, this is exactly what's going to happen. Mason, like Mason knows Ted Bundy. Like I've great, taught. Great job. Yeah, I'm pretty proud. <laughs> great job. No shame. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. All right. So this week. I have for you. So yesterday we went and saw 
1989 Batman in the movie theater. They did a 30th anniversary presentation. We did. I was there. And I loved it. It was fantastic because I didn't I didn't get to see it at the theater at the time because I wasn't allowed to go to the theater. So I felt like I kind of rectified a wrong from my childhood. And it was a nice digital remaster and uh, sounded great, looked great. And there's a bunch of people there, which was nice, including some kid who had clearly never seen it before. Yeah. So that was that was fun. Uh, that kid was so excited. Right. He's there with like his grandparents. And uh, so anyway, so. That, that was just really cool for me anyway. They're doing all the movies. They're doing all the, the 90s era Batman movies, all four of them. But I saw the other three in theater, so I don't really need feel the need to go back. And and then they're going to release them because this is the 80th anniversary of, of 80-year birthday of Batman this year. So that's why they're doing it. And then they're going to release them on 4K Blu-ray. So I'll pick up Batman and Batman Returns. I never buy the other two because they're so bad. But I'll pick those up on 4K. and I'm, I'm excited about that. Anyway, I just kind of continue with the Batman theme. So there's the Lego Batman movie, right? You remember the Lego Batman movie? Yeah. Confused. Yeah. No, it took me a second. I was like, are you doing Lego Batman? And uh, which is a great take on Batman, by the way. Yeah. Will Arnett is Batman. And it's almost like nothing bad ever happens to me. It's almost like a more realistic version of of, uh, an emo character like Bruce Wayne. I I really like Lego Batman. Yeah, it's it's like kind of a lot. And just the. The narcissistic and how narcissistic you'd have to be to be Batman <laughs> and then, you know, to be Bruce Wayne and all that kind of stuff. It's it's kind of a different side that's almost more relatable than the stoic, dark, monosyllabic Batman, you know, who just yeah. knows everything and can do fight anything no matter what. And he just knows all and is all powerful, basically. But anyway, there's a scene in Lego Batman where... Uh, the Joker, voiced by Zach Galifianakis in this movie, and he, he does a good job. A different take on the Joker, but it's funny. It's appropriate for the movie. But he starts listing all these Batman villains. Oh, those gar- like Condiment King. Yeah, he starts listing all these villains. And the character in the movie is like, are those all real? And it was worth a Google. Yeah, that's how the Joker responds. So I decided I was going to look up because I don't know all these characters characters i don't know you know i know like the main batman villains and a few outliers here and there but i a lot of the characters he was listing i was like is that real i don't know yeah i so i looked up some of these characters i just thought it'd be fun to go over some of the ridiculous some of these were created most of them were created in the comic books some of them were created for the 60s batman tv show uh some of them were even created for the batman the 90s batman animated series so we'll start off with a character named Crazy Quilt. <laughs> yes, there's a character named Crazy Quilt. Does he, he does he quilt? He I'll I'll tell you what he does. So he came out in uh, 1946 in a comic called Boy Commandos and ended up uh, eventually as a Batman villain. And uh, his abilities are. Uh, he has a mind-controlling helmet that projects lethal laser beams and blinding lights and has artificial eyes because he's blind. Uh, so I don't understand. <laughs> Hang on. I'll get I'll get to it. Hang on. All right. So he here's his origin. He's an unnamed painter. This, all this stuff that I'm doing today is basically just reading from Wikipedia or different fan wikis about these characters. All right. Qua- Crazy Quilt is a noted painter who leads a double life as a master criminal. 
He gives the plans for his crimes to various henchmen through clues left in his paintings. His criminal empire crashes to a halt when one of his henchmen double-crosses him. Blinded by a gunshot wound, he volunteers for an experimental procedure that restores his vision, but is unfortunately left unable to see anything but bright colors. Uh, And then uh, this gets combined with the special helmet that emits bright colored lights, enabling him to see under most circumstances. And that's uh, so his uh, his helmet allows him to hypnotize his victims using the flashing lights of various colors. It can also project lethal laser beams, blinding lights and functions as artificial eyes. And the the lenses feed the input signal straight to his brain. So that's that's crazy quilt. I don't understand. And he kind of looks he... like he wears like brightly colored. So he colored... dresses like a quilt. <laughs> he looks kind of like a scarecrow who put on some old lady's blanket <laughs> like that's what he looks like but i don't understand i thought he would quilt like i don't <laughs> i i don't know all right next up is a character named egghead and he was created for the 60s tv show he was portrayed by uh vincent price <coughs> i'm sorry so egghead he, yeah egghead was per- portrayed by vincent price uh, he was created for the tv series and uh, he was, you could identify him by his pale bald head okay. and his white and yellow suit and his head. Had, he had like a prosthetic on his oh, head. Oh, I'm sorry. So he I... was bald and had okay. his head is, you know, okay. longer. It's, it's bald and, and just, you know, more bottom of an egg shaped. I thought Egghead would just be smart. I didn't think they would they would go so literal. So, yeah, that he does have a genius intelligence level. He, uh. Let me let me find his actual origin here, which I've already lost. Um, I just thought he would be like, I'm so I'm so smart. Right. I'm, and so I did. he he believes himself to be the world's smartest criminal and his crimes usually have an egg motif to them. And he also includes egg related puns in his speech, saying things like exactly and excellent. <laughs> Uh, he would use a wide assortment of egg-shaped weapons, such as laughing gas eggs and tear gas eggs, okay. laid by chickens on a diet of <laughs> onions. <laughs> like, yes. On a diet of onions. Yes. So that's Egghead. Okay. And now we're going to move on to this character, the Eraser. This is what the Eraser looks like. He looks like a, a man in a pencil suit with a mask that looks like a pencil eraser that's on top of a pencil. Okay. Yeah. He looks like a giant number two pencil. Yes. All right. Uh, He was the uh, alias of a character named Lenny Fiasco, who turned to crime after living his college days under constant mocking and taunting. How could you not turn to crime with your last name Fiasco? Fiasco. (laughs) Like, mom. Why did you marry a guy? Why did you marry that guy? Like, just change your name. Uh, He was, uh, yeah, he lived his college days under constant mocking and taunting by his classmates. And Mr. and Mrs. Fiasco. He is a professional at covering the tracks of other crimes. For a well, 20 yeah. for a 20% cut, the eraser will erase the evidence of another crime. Well, he that's w- fitting. He was a college classmate of Bruce Wayne. And uh, Bruce Wayne went to school with Lenny Fiasco. The the few people who remembered Lenny always pictured him with a racer in hand correcting his mistakes. So Fiasco really did make a lot of mistakes. Okay, got it. So he turned to a life of crime, developing an eraser costume 
that could eliminate all evidence from a crime scene. He premiered in 1966 in uh, in the comics. Did they just not have a lot of good ideas in the 60s? <laughs> yes. They were just like fresh out of ideas. It's like, no, that's, that can't be true. So powers and abilities. Uh, he wore shoes tipped with... <laughs> he wore shoes. That's his power. <laughs> no. He wore shoes tipped with pencil point blades that could also emit okay. a sleeping gas. Mm -hmm. He wore a mask topped off with a giant eraser that could rub out ev evidence from crime scenes like footprints and fingerprints. Yeah. So that's wow. the eraser. The 60s were just full of bad ideas. Uh, then we're going to move on. This guy premiered in uh, August of 1960. His name is Kite Man. And <laughs> this guy, uh, Charles Brown, is a man who armed himself with kite weapons to use to commit crimes. He flies. So imagine this pitch meeting. <laughs> I feel like in the comic book world, they're just like, do it. Do it up back then. Like they didn't have a lot of quality. They control. were like. Listen, I just saw this movie called Mary Poppins and they fly a kite. And I think that kites would be an amazing weapon. But when you think about some of the villains that have taken off, like think about the penguin. Who would think a character based on penguins would be a popular villain? And now everybody knows who the penguin is. So it's almost like they were kind of thinking that mentality where, well, anything can be a hit. People like the penguin. People like the kites. Riddler. Kites. 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 He flies with a big kite strapped to him. No. He also uses a barrage of kites to overwhelm his enemies. Okay, <laughs> like, surely, but you can see the difference between that and the penguin, right? Well, yeah, this is definitely a step down, but it's still... So, yeah, his uh, his abilities listed here as excellent hang glider pilot, yeah. uses a variety of gimmicked kites. And uh, mm. in his first appearance, he used kites for a variety of crimes, including helping criminals escape from prison. Batman used kites of his own to defeat him. Batman's like, bring me my kites. Fight fire with fire. Fight kites with kites. That was Batman's mentality. All right. Next up is Zebra Man. All right. Well, I guess this is the penguin mentality, right? This, this is like penguins yeah. are popular. Maybe zebras will be popular. Unsurprisingly, this guy debuted in 1960 in the comics. Man. Uh, all right, so the first Zebra Man, there's been more than one Zebra Man. We'll just cover this first one here. He was a high-tech scientist whose machinery irradiated his entire body. It gave him superpowers that enabled him to attract and repel anything besides metal, referred to within the story as diamagnetism. So with anything his, besides metal. Yeah. So anything that wasn't metal, he could attract or repel. His body was covered in black and white stripes highlighted by a glowing aura, so he called himself Zebra Man. And, and that's literally what he looks like. He just, he looks like a zebra. He's striped black and white, just like a zebra. That's, that's what he looks like. That's, uh, yeah, that's his ability there. He can uh, magnetize anything. That's, and somehow that's Zebra Man. <laughs> that's, like, I don't, don't, I don't get together. that. Like Magnet Man, Magnetizer. I don't know why you would make him stripe like a zebra and then give him like magneto abilities but like opposite magneto yeah like nega magneto <laughs> uh i don't think magneto existed yet pretty sure he came out later in the 60s but i'm, I'm not 100 percent on that all right next we have a character named mime uh, i don't have a year for her but i'm guessing it was probably actually the 70s or maybe late 60s was she a mime 
She is, let's see, she was a rich young heiress that once led a life of luxury and art as she led a group of touring mime artists across America. You know how those rich yeah, mimes. You know, you know it. <laughs> I know when I'm normally like when I when I picture what it would be like to be an heiress, I'm always like <laughs> I would go off to mime school and lead a mime troupe. But at the same time, it's like, well, that's better than what Paris Hilton did. <laughs> when you think about it, like no. as far as heiresses go, no, no, it's not. At least you tried to do something. No, uh, no, I instead would... of just have sex with night vision cameras on. No, you know what? Have sex. That's with the better vision. way to go. Yes. All right. I would rather you do that than lead a mime troupe. So she's leading a touring mime artist across America. Sadly, this ended up bankrupting her. God. Surprise, surprise. Nobody wants to pay mimes to do anything. Yeah. Except and you go know away. what? Paris Hilton made money off of her sex tape. So you know what? Who's smarter now? <laughs> I didn't say. I'm just saying at least she was trying to do something. <laughs> she sex just tape be, is a better She wasn't option. rich and just being like, I'll just have sex on camera. Then everybody will know who I am. That's a much better option. It's smarter. It's just it's, <laughs> it's way better. Smarter than being a mime. Yes. All right. <laughs> All right. So several years afterwards, she had grown to hate loud sounds and went on a short crime spree trying to silence Gotham City for good. Because her dad, part of it was because her dad ran a fireworks company. Okay. <laughs> so she screwed a okay. loud sound. So sounds. she was a fireworks her heiress. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So she became a mime. Wait, wait, wait. So she became a mime because she's a fireworks heiress? Yeah, she, well, I guess she hated loud sounds. And so the opposite of that is to do mimery, <laughs> mimicry. <laughs> what do you call it? She was a very talented stage actress and mime artist. Her main weapon was her shot gloves, which were powerful enough to render at least two people unconscious at the same time. Two whole people. <laughs> two peoples. That's her, uh, and that's mime. Now we're going to move on to one that I think you'll like hearing about. His name is Gentleman Ghost. Oh, I do like Gentleman Ghost. <laughs> that's, that's, one my, that's one of my favorite. <laughs> Gentleman Ghost. He uh, he premiered in uh, the, as a in the Flash comics in 1947. Uh, his name was James Craddock, and he was the son of an English gentleman who abandoned both Jim and his mother, forcing them into poverty. He doesn't he, seem like an English gentleman. He grew up to become a notorious highwayman and robber who terrorized England in the 19th century under the name Gentleman Jim after a prophecy from a gypsy said he would be a highwayman. He encountered the ghosts of other highwaymen and Dick Turpin left him a horse. I don't know who that is. He journeyed to the United States okay. and encountered uh, uh, some gunslingers, Nighthawk and Cinnamon. And uh, we'll Nighthawk Cinnamon. ended up lynching. <laughs> Remember What's that? that? Remember that from... from uh... Grandpa. Bad Grandpa uh, Cinnamon. Bad Grandpa. Yeah. I'm going to call you Cinnamon. Uh, Nighthawk ended up lynching Craddock after wrongly assuming that he sexually assaulted Cinnamon. But somehow he eludes death to rise again as a phantom. He learns he must wander the earth until the spirit of his killer moves on to the next plane of existence. Unfortunately, Nighthawk and Cinnamon turn, about, turn out to be the reincarnations of ancient Egyptian royalty Prince Khufu and Che Ara. Their souls can never truly pass on. This is, <laughs> dun, dun, dun. This is becoming a whole thing. <laughs> All right, so... It's becoming way more of a thing than I thought it would be. Yeah, it's very involved. So his abilities include uh, spectral ability to turn invisible and incorporeal... Uh, renders anybody who touches him deathly cold. Teleportation. 
adequate marksmen. Adequate. <laughs> adequate marksmen with antique flintlock pistols. Interdimensional travel, spectral energy projection, control over undead, enhanced speed regeneration and strength. Invokes a white horse that serves as a means of transport, can create spectral weapons. He sounds like quite a quite a foe, actually. Yeah, I like. I mean, except for his adequate marksman ability. Adequate marksman. <laughs> he's doing all right. Get you from but, about ten feet. Nothing further like, than that. Like he's not. He's not great with a pistol, but everything else, he's kind of good at. All right, and last but certainly least, we have. <laughs> Condiment King. <laughs> Yay, Condiment King. He was created by Google. He was created by Bruce, Tim, and Paul Dini for Batman the Animated Series. He oh. was not in any of the comics. So uh, he is a villain who makes use of various condiments, sometimes capable of causing anaphylactic shock as his weapons. He's generally used as comic relief within the series. He's so he's only useful if you're allergic to <laughs> right. So he first appeared in this episode called Make Him Laugh. Uh, the character was a throwback to the 1966 Adam West Batman series in that he was whimsical and made many condiment-based puns. For example, the big bad bat guy, I know you'd catch up to me sooner or later oh, how I relished this meeting. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh. You, the dynamic Dark Knight versus me, the conceptual condiment king. Come, Batman. Let's see if you can cut the mustard. Uh, yeah, that's uh, those are the lines they gave him. So they're very definitely a conscious was, throwback. It, I was going to say, it was intentional. Yeah, very intentional throwback. It wasn't like they were like, quality writing, Pulitzer, <laughs> Pulitzer Prize material here. Uh, chased by Batman to the roof of the restaurant he robbed, he slipped on ketchup and fell down nearly to his death. <laughs> 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 he was later revealed to be a stand-up comedian who was brainwashed by the Joker using some of the, the Mad Hatter's devices, who he, along with several other comedians, had unwittingly spurned the previous year. Okay. Yeah. So that's... Uh, Condiment King. Huh. Yeah, his, so he went. He was later in comics. Phylactic shock. Yeah. So it doesn't work, then, if you're not allergic to ketchup or whatever? Yeah, I, I guess. You're not really. So is Batman... Allergic to ketchup? <laughs> I don't think he meant to be. I think it was more about attacking other people. I don't. I don't think these criminals set out to find Batman. If oh. you're condiment king, I don't think your first order your order of business is to find Batman. <laughs> that yeah, seems like a bad idea, right? I don't think, especially like if your gentleman ghost and you're barely adequate with firearms, like don't don't go after Batman. So those are just a handful of some of the ridiculous Batman villains that have existed in his 80 year history. Kind of some fun stuff. Really glad they don't use those guys in the comics. I enjoy, <laughs> although I did and I didn't read this issue, but apparently I, I have it. I haven't read it yet, but apparently Condiment King does make appearance pretty like in the past year has shown up in a Batman comic book. And he's actually quite deadly for some reason, from what I understand. Oh, because someone's got the allergies. <laughs> someone's got the peanut allergies. He's got the peanut butter guns. And it's over for that person. Yeah. You know, what are you going to do? There's not much you can do about that if you've got the if you've got the allergies. So do you want to you want to talk about some some Game of Thrones or something? Got a Game of Th We won't be able to talk about tonight's episode, obviously, but we can talk about we will just say like spoilers. Game no, of Thrones spoilers. I don't want to talk about that. You don't want to, oh, but you had such a cool idea about the Night King. I thought it was worth sharing with people because we have some listeners who like Game of Thrones. But it's over now. No, Game He's of Thrones dead. is dead. Yeah, but it, it, 
might matter. Oh, that was a spoiler. Yeah, I said spoilers, thankfully. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh that was a spoiler. He just said, so yeah, we're firmly in spoiler territory. Yeah. Hope you caught that. Uh, so, <laughs> the uh, but anyway, your idea about the Night King was that when she attacks him with the dragon and yeah. shoots all that fire at him and then he's just standing there. Your idea was that when he was human. Clearly a Targaryen. Of the Targaryen lineage at some point. Yeah, clearly. And clearly. Like, I'm not the only one. I've seen that online now. Well, yeah, but we were watching it. it together as it aired and you yeah. reached that conclusion while we were watching it. And I was like, that is a very likely or if nothing else, just a very good theory, though. I thought it was kind of cool to catch that. But yeah, the the battle of whatever, what is it, the Dark Knight, whatever they called that episode, the Long Night. I don't know what I don't they know, called it. Was it. Winter. But it was fucking Fall. terribly lit by the cinematographer. Like, they need a redo on that, on the home video version. That was a terrible choice. Oh, and video. All, all these fucking people I've seen, because I've seen some people who are like, oh, it, it, yeah, I couldn't see shit. And other people were like, I could see everything. And then there's, this is what infuriated me is the people were saying, calibrate your television. Motherfucker, my television is super fucking calibrated. Yours isn't. If that was when brightly I, lit to you, yeah, when you I, need to calibrate your shit. When I saw that, I was like, oh, I hope some, nobody says that to Sean. <laughs> nobody said it to me directly, but I saw those. And all I could think is like, you're one of those people who has motion interpolation at like 240 hertz and your fucking brightness is on 100 and all, everything's blown out. Any any like slight pink colors, bright red. Everybody's skin is just red, <laughs> you know, right? They're like calibrate your TV. He's like, ha everyone's skin looks like they're an alcoholic <laughs> right they're like. all just flushed and just yeah all the colors are super bright and garish and no my tv is very fucking calibrated thank you very much you know what's funny is like speaking of alcoholics like i had a <laughs> I, my grandpa was an alcoholic and i didn't realize that that's why his face was like that yeah until i was older and i was <laughs> like oh that's why your nose and cheeks are always bright red Hmm. You're an alky. There you go. Alcoholic. Signs of an alcoholic. Look like Santa Claus. Right. The fuck? Anyway. Uh, so, yeah, I, w I was disappointed with the poor lighting choice there. And I, under I, I read some stuff where the cinematographer, whoever was saying that he wanted to go for, you know, he wanted to be dark and confusing. But it, if you spend that much money on all that CG, you, don't you want people to see it? Right. It, it just doesn't make sense. And you could still have. I've seen plenty of dark battles in the movies you know i've seen the battle yeah. of helms deep I've, I've seen a lot of but you can still see what's going on and you still understand that it's taking place right and like and like in this case we had a like they had people have released videos of them lighting it lightening it up and it's all blown out and gross right because that's so, their version of calibrate your tv right. that's what i'm talking so, about so when you see the blown out version you're like okay clearly this is not how it was intended right it was it, because there has to be a medium in there yeah because like the crypts look terrible they were yeah they were lit like a goddamn like like a hospital right <laughs> you know it, it was, was too awful much. when you when they lightened it up but it was also good to see what was going on right but there again you if it was if they had made a different choice to keep it dark, but also be able to make out what's happening, well, which as a you know, viewer is appreciated. And, and you know, like, yeah, I understand it being dark, but you know how your eyes adjust to the dark? Yeah. You could have shot it like that. Right. You know how, like, when you're out in the middle of a field or whatever, which I haven't been out in the middle of a field when it's dark in a long time, but you could still see. Right. 
Like your eyes adjust. I mean, yeah, there there were lighting sources, there were torches and other yeah, things they had and torches. fire, and uh, like, they still made it in, incredibly hard to see. Which I, I just don't agree with that stylistic choice. Uh, I did like seeing our. I've I've been. I can't a, believe they killed the Night King already. <laughs> I've been it's a fan like, of oh. Arya since she became the Punisher of Westeros, since as she I call her. A badass. Yes, when she started. I mean, she she started training early though, but then like. I really got on board when uh, she was training in the first episode. We see her well with swords and stuff. Yeah, she was learning no, that. But, but I mean, was, like when she, she went literally... to really become an assassin, though, when when she asked that guy to kill those people yeah. and then she went and trained uh, with with him to be like a true assassin. And like, man, she's been a badass. And the, again, Game of Thrones spoilers, her revenge for the Red Wedding uh was fucking phenomenal. Like She's, that was one of my favorite moments in yeah. all of Game of Thrones. When she, like yeah, that was she fucking that was fucking great. And serves to the guy. Yeah, William Frey or Walter, whatever his Walter name is. Walter Frey. Yeah, so fucking great. Uh, and then I was. Uh, you want to talk about Endgame at all, or no? Do you feel all talked out about that? I don't have anything else to say. We've done a lot of lives. And yeah, I do. If talks. you if you want to hear for whatever reason, if you're like, I want to hear Sean talk about Endgame. Uh, I did an episode of my other podcast. It's called Sean Knobs and Boomsticks. It's on Google Podcasts. It's on Apple Podcasts and it's on Spotify and like a handful of other places. But I feel like you should be able to get it from one of those three. Apple or Google, if nothing else. Um, but it's hosted on Anchor. So you, uh, you could get it from the website there. But anyway, we did an episode called like Spoiler Fest 3000, right? Is that what you called um, it? You titled the episode Spoiler Cast or I think it was Spoiler Fest 3000. Spoiler something 3000. Anyway, and uh, my friend John, uh, the the knobs in the title, uh, we discussed Endgame in depth for just a little over an hour. So if you do want to hear my thoughts and opinions and insights into Avengers Endgame, I would recommend downloading that episode. And that's not intended to be cross promotion necessarily. It's just that I've I've talked about Endgame so much that I'm kind of like I feel like I'm I'm not necessarily talked out. I could have a conversation with somebody, but I know you're not really into it, Maggie. Yeah, I'm <laughs> so not. I'm done. You're not the best springboard. But John and I have a pretty good discussion about it, and we rehash the entire movie. Very obviously in the title, spoiler like, filled. I was I was into it at like a week ago, but right. I'm just done now. You're over it already. Yeah, but I've I'm seen worn it. out. Is really what it comes down to. Like I'm just um. And I, I've seen it three times now. Uh, yeah. So I'd seen it twice when I recorded the, the podcast with John. But again, Sean Knobs and Boomstick, Spoiler Fest 3000, if you want to hear me uh, orate on Avengers Endgame and just all the Marvel movies in general and how they all tie in and stuff. Uh, but Avengers Endgame, 10 out of 10. Fantastic closure for the for this you know series of movies for this season of Marvel movies, basically. It, uh, I was very satisfied. Incredibly satisfied happy with how everything wrapped up i really couldn't add anything to it it was great all right and i think that is everything <laughs> what did you what would you rate avengers endgame this is good <laughs> all right good in the end i liked it probably more than infinity war mainly because infinity war just bummed me out so bad yeah this bummed me out too yeah but in a different way See, I, for me, like I, I cried, but also there were there were uh, triumphant moments that also made me emotional because of my history with the Marvel Universe, my love of the characters, my love of the cinematic portrayal of these characters. So, man, I was I was incredibly satisfied, super happy with with how they did that, and it made me 
also makes me wish that they could pull stuff together like that for Star Wars because the last two movies have not had any moments of triumph or excitement in them whatsoever. They've just been wall-to-wall garbage. And right. It's like, it's shocking how... I feel like they don't try. But Yeah, they, they don't even go for... There's literally three or four big moments in Avengers Endgame where I just lost my shit. And the audience did collectively, too, which was really cool. You were there for that. 8.30 in the morning on Saturday, audience losing their shit, right? Yeah, dude. Have you ever heard them be that loud? Have you ever had been in a movie and had an audience no. be that loud? I haven't either. I also haven't heard an audience sob like that <laughs> sob collectively <laughs> like sob like sob like, <gasps> yeah or sob. just that sound like when i saw it the last time i saw it was an imax with logan and i uh, there was only like one or two people there who hadn't seen it yet. everybody there else there was clearly on their second or third viewing and i just hear this one person and there's <gasps> <gasps> like just trying to get their shit together kind of thing yeah that uh where you're gasping for air yeah you're where you're just trying you're trying to be it. quiet because you're the only one making this noise and it's almost worse than just crying like just cry just let it out uh yeah uh, yeah all right sobbing. so that's that's sobbing. all that's all i got this week and that's that's all i have so i hope you enjoyed our your your time with with snm listener Yes. Have a great week or day or, or month. whatever or whatever time you have left on this planet. I hope it's great. Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's you never deep. know. You can go anytime. So <laughs> enjoy every minute of it. All right. Well, deep thoughts <laughs> with Sean Isley. All right. Wrap it up. Bye. Bye.